Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Denny with a perfect restart. He'll lead him back to turn one. He got the restart that he wanted. Slight contact between him and Kyle Busch, but Hamlin's got the lead. Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch side by side for second with Joey Logano in fourth. White flag is out. Denny Hamlin's got the lead, and he's got two callings, but he lights it up in turn one. Still locks him up off of turn two, but he's trying to pull away from Kyle Busch, and it looks good as Busch wiggles off of turn two. Hamlin's got the lead off turn four. Denny Hamlin absolutely perfect. He comes across the line. The 46th running of the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum is over. The checkered flag is in the air, and Denny Hamlin has scored the win. Denny Hamlin with the win here tonight. Other tempers begin to flare, but it's all over. Under the lights, Denny Hamlin has scored the win in the Bushlight Clash. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you after race weekend number one has wrapped up under very unique circumstances. We're speaking, of course, of the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum coming up. On this week's show, we will take you back to the matters of Saturday night in Southern California with the NASCAR Live Backtracks. Denny Hamlin walking away and now has become a four-time winner of that race. Our 2024 team previews will come to a close on the show today, and we're going to check in with the Chevrolet contingent of Hendrick Motorsports, Trackhouse Racing, Spire Motorsports, Richard Childress Racing, Colleague Racing, and JTG Doherty Racing. I'll also sit down with William Byron, as he tries to exceed the six-win mark that he scored last year for Hendrick. But before we dive into all that, Kyle Ricky is here to get us caught up on the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle? Mike, NASCAR has officially announced the launch of the NASCAR regional brand and platform, which encompasses the touring series and weekly series of NASCAR, formerly NASCAR Roots. NASCAR Regional will better position the sport to grow awareness around those series. The rebrand will also usher in a more organized and recognizable platform that provides concise sightlines of a ladder system from beginning to end. Another entry for the Daytona 500 has been solidified. Riley Herbst will compete in the number 15 Ford Mustang for Rick Ware Racing with the support from longtime sponsor Monster Energy. Herbst made his NASCAR Cup Series debut with RWR in last year's Great American Race, finishing 10th. 
And Michael McDowell has picked up another sponsor for this season. Blaster Holdings LLC has inked a partnership with Front Row Motorsports and McDowell for several events. The partnership begins this summer and will continue in the fall aboard the number 34 Ford Mustang. Blaster Holdings was previously with Live Fast Motorsports, who sold their NASCAR Cup Series charter during the offseason. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, a NASCAR Live backtracks of the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy and four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It came a full 24 hours earlier than we expected, but the NASCAR offseason officially came to a close Saturday night with the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Let's recap Denny Hamlin's big win and all the drama with a new NASCAR Live Backtracks. Eyes on Joey Acock on top of the flag stand. Green flag goes in the air, and the 2024 NASCAR Cup Series season is underway. Field makes their way off of turn two and down the back straightaway. Give Joey Logano on the outside a brief advantage. He'll try to pinch off Denny Hamlin to the wall. Nothing doing there. Hamlin gets into Logano, but Logano holds on to the lead. Already contact, and it's among the front two. Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin. Hamlin not done with Logano yet. Again, making contact repeatedly with the left rear quarter panel of Logano. Logano's not intimidated. Again, side by side, beating and banging off turn four. At the front of the field, Ty Gibbs to the inside of Denny Hamlin and Ty Gibbs to the point. Denny back to second. Joe Iligano trying to fill the hole downstairs. All the while, Kyle Busch looking on. New race leader, lap 50, and that's Ty Gibbs. Denny Hamlin led 47 of the 63 laps so far. Ty Gibbs has led the most recent 14. I bring up Denny Hamlin who had been among the Front one, two cars, not anymore, Alex. No, not at all. Hamlin is back to the number seven spot. Part of it was Ty Gibbs passed him and drove away, but Dan, part of it was because he got moved out of the way. Kyle Busch got very aggressive through turns one and two and just pushed Denny Hamlin out of the way. And Hamlin continues to fall inside the top ten. Very surprising, given how good he was in the practice and qualifying sessions. And Denny Hamlin having his troubles early on here at the Coliseum. Trouble off of turn two. It is Todd Gilland. All by himself, he just loops it, does the 180, and comes to a rest at the outside wall right at the exit of turn one. That'll put us under the caution flag for the first time. Five laps shy of the halfway point and the halfway break. Remember, caution flag laps do not count as Todd Gilliland's car still sits driver's side up against the outside safer barrier. Denny Hamlin, who led 47 laps early, but Chris, he's faded to seventh. What are you hearing? Yeah, and Denny came over the radio as the caution flag fell and says, I've lost all turn in my Toyota Camry. And Chris Gabehart already on the radio back to Denny saying, we've got an adjustment plan for you. Looks like at least a wedge adjustment, if not more. They'll see what happens in this final four-lap green flag run to the stage break. But Denny Hamlin losing the handle on that Toyota after being so dominant. Joey Logano, though, leading down the back straightaway. And pulling away by some two to three car lengths over Kyle Busch. Here comes a hard-charging tie. Gives in that third spot. Kyle Larson rising fourth. 
as they come to the line. We've got one lap to go now. Here ends the first half of the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum, and Joey Logano exits turn number four and will come to the stripe. He'll complete lap number 75. Once the entire field comes by, as John Hunter Nemechek gets roughed up by LaJoy, Nemechek spins off turn four. The caution flag will fly. Nemechek will hang on to that spot. Even though he's one lap down, he will not lose a second lap because the caution came out as we hit the halfway point of the race. We're at the halfway break of the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum, lap 75, and Joey Logano is the race leader. Green flag goes back in the air, and they're racing off to turns one and two. Dead even as they come into turns one and two between Joey Logano and Kyle Busch. Logano has a little bit of wheel spin off the turn. He now locks down the lead. Then three wide for the second spot. Kyle Larson down to the inside will take over second. Ty Gibbs goes to third, and Kyle Busch has to deal with William Byron for fourth. Corey LaJoy and Ross Chastain have a coming together over in turn one on the restart. Alex, what what do we got going on back here? We got tempers flaring with other drivers. Stenhouse and McDowell are playing bumper cars now. They're door slamming each other just a bit. And that blue and white Margaritaville cruise line Ford for Michael McDowell's been scuffed up quite a bit, courtesy of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And they're still disputing each other as they work in to turn number three, Jeff. Obviously, they did not hear your progressive keys to going to victory lane. Control your temper. They're not. McDowell, Stenhouse, continue to bang on one another as we're under caution here on lap 77. Stenhouse is not only mad at McDowell, but during the break, he got out of his race car and ran down to John Hunter Nemechek's car and leaned in the window. Half his body was inside that race car, which I am imagining was a very one-sided conversation. Ty Gibbs is being shown as the race leader. He's electing to restart, of course, on the inside of row number one. Here they come up off turn number four into the Geico restart zone. Green goes back in the air. Ty Gibbs said he needed to get better on the restarts. Dan, he did it. He does it. He clears the field already off of turn two. It is Ty Gibbs in that top spot. Here's Joey Logano in second. Filling his mirrors is Denny Hamlin. In fact, he gives Logano a shot in the caboose, and Kyle Larson knocks Hamlin out of the way. Larson occupies the third spot. A very comfortable lead for Ty Gibbs, Dan. Here's the thing about Ty Gibbs, and it's kind of scaring the rest of the field. He is so smooth, so clean, and so quick. There is no wheel hop. There is no wheel spin. I think he's got a lot left in that car. Ty Gibbs is nailing his marks every single lap and keeping Joey Logano at bay. Even though he is in lap traffic, the gap is still pretty significant. I put it at 10 to 12 cars. 11 to go. Ty Gibbs across the line. Seven back, Joey Logano. Still hasn't gotten around Brad Keselowski. Ty Gibbs is trying. Now the tail hung out just a little bit on the part of Ty Gibbs. Keselowski still up in front. Logano closes the gap even more. Oh, there's a big punt. Chastain shoves Michael McDowell backwards and into the outside wall with 10 laps to go. Caution is on the speedway. Remember, here we go. Under the gearbox, on the accelerator, leaning on each other in turns one and two. Ty Gibbs swings wide off of turn two. Logano loses the rear end. He loses about three spots. It is Ty Gibbs and Denny Hamlin side by side for the lead. Well, Ty Gibbs just drove it into turn number one too high. Late on Joey Logano. Joey up the racetrack. Denny Hamlin by into the point. White flag in the air. Ty Gibbs' turn. It's trouble at turn four. Kyle Larson gets around. Alex Bowman gets along. But Ty Gibbs sits still 
perpendicular right in the middle of the racetrack at turn four. Caution flag is on the speedway as Ty Gibbs' car sits in the middle of turn number four. 149 laps complete. Remember, caution flag laps do not count. Denny with a perfect restart. He'll lead him back to turn one. He got the restart that he wanted. Slight contact between him and Kyle Busch, but Hamlin's got the lead. Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch side by side for second with Joey Logano in fourth. White flag is out. Denny Hamlin's got the lead, and he's got two callings, but he lights it up in turn one. Still locks him up off of turn two, but he's trying to pull away from Kyle Busch, and it looks good as Busch wiggles off of turn two. Hamlin's got the lead off turn four. Denny Hamlin absolutely perfect. He comes across the line. The 46th running of the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum is over. The checkered flag is in the air, and Denny Hamlin has scored the win. Denny Hamlin with the win here tonight. You had some words from both of the fans down here. What's this like to be right now, to be able to do this and have fun with the fans? We had the Netflix piece this week. It's got to be really, really neat to have all the interactions you have with everybody, Denny. It does, and I mean, it's really hats off to the tremendous crowd we've seen. You know, I love having fun with them, but, you know, for them to come out late notice like this, and, uh, you know, it just means a lot for us. And glad we're able to get this race in and, and let everybody have a great weekend and still love the fans no matter what. Coming up, I'll sit down with the 10th place finisher from The Clash, William Byron. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. 2023 will be remembered for many things in NASCAR. Ryan Blaney's championship crowning moment, the first ever street course race in NASCAR, and the year-long celebration of the sport's 75-year anniversary. Another item that can be added to that list is it was a true breakout year for William Byron at Hendrick Motorsports. William won a season-high six races and advanced to the championship four for the first time. How will William build on that success this coming year? I sat down with him to find out. When I look at your 2023, I didn't have you for six wins, and I know you're not going to turn any of them away, but how does a six-win season develop confidence for a 2024 season the bar's been set pretty high with you yeah it has i mean it's um yeah i I think um yeah i mean did you enjoy calling that watkins glenn and dominated that one (laughs) but um (laughs) you're killing us over here you're killing us come on but uh no we we uh we had a good year and i mean we just want to try to you know up it a notch you know i feel like we uh i don't know i mean we weren't we were dominant at times, but we were always in the mix of the top three or four guys. But um, truly separating ourselves was tough last year. I feel like it was came down to really three or four of us. And I feel like two of us made the final four in, in me and Kyle and, and Martin and Denny were kind of the other two dominant cars throughout the year. But um, And then he had the 12. He peaked at the right time, and those guys were really fast at the end. So just you never know how, the, how it's going to ebb and flow. And I feel like for us, just hopefully, 
hopefully getting a little more speed in the playoffs is, you know, crazy as that sounds. I feel like we weren't the fastest car every week. So um, trying to be a little bit faster in the playoffs would be a, a key for me. And then, um, you just take the wins as they come and try to put yourself in position, but you never know if you're going to get, you know, a lot of things have to go right to win six races. So, um, you know, we'll see. Will it be nice to have the entire band together? Because I know Chase missed some time last year. Alex missed some time. And it was you and Kyle that obviously were around the whole year. What what will it be like to have the full unit and the full band back together again for a racing season? And what mm-hmm. impact do you think that will have on the race team? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's important from a development car development side for us to all be be in the the cars and be and be communicating about the the same things that we feel i feel like last year we had you know guys fill in and it just creates a gap you know where there might be a a weekend where there's no knowledge to be gained from from that team because it's no offense to the whoever's driving but they're just trying to get up to speed you know and and um so having having the ability to have all four guys that you really learn each week what their tendencies are and you can look at a balance sheet on paper and say okay this guy's balance is here my balance is you know here and we expect the track to be you know somewhere in between so it just kind of those things that you know probably the public doesn't see but you know my crew chief knows how chase drives he knows how i drive so he knows how to look at at sim and translate that to to uh, what i need in the car can you explain the differences with with driving styles because between the four of you all four of you have totally different driving styles yeah i mean we do honestly i wish i knew a little bit better on what they were but i think kyle you know kyle is pretty aggressive he he's always going to drive the car to the limit uh, right away um you know and and uh chase you know chase works his way into it and then he's you know he's a rhythm driver and as soon as he finds his rhythm he's really really fast and um i'm probably more like him than than anyone but um it it depends i have my moments where i mean kyle and i share similar setups and and alex i feel like is always fast and just trying to manage and figure out what you can take and learn from each teammate i guess it's funny you talk about the setup of the race car. Obviously, on a lot of the tracks, we're going to have a new package, right? The short track and the road course package that was tested out in Phoenix. What yeah. do you know about it? Kyle, obviously, and Cliff were there. What do you know about it? And how do you think that will affect things when it's put into the cars this year? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be different. I'm sure um, we'll have to we'll have to figure out what our balance needs to be with that you know with that aero package. But um, just another change you know i mean there's there's a lot of changes every year in this sport you know and my crew chief said there was like 40 rule changes and he's like that's pretty normal so i was like i had never heard that before so but um it's just the way it's the nature of the the cars evolving and the safety rules you know and all those things so nothing new um we'll have to show up and you know perform at our best i mean it sounds like the test went pretty well towards the end um so we're just trying to gather information there but um I'll tell you after after the 50 minutes in, in Phoenix in the in the spring, see how it goes and see where we are. 
Toyota's bringing a new race car this year. Ford is bringing a new race car. Chevrolet is staying with the tried and true. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on staying with something that has proven winning abilities versus maybe some unknowns for some new models and some other manufacturers are bringing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, I'm nervous about it. I mean, you just never know, you know, how it's going to go. But I feel like for us, we, we know what car we have. We know what we need to work on and uh, really just try to improve those areas that we know we need to, to do better. So, I mean, Kyle and I, I feel like we're pretty vocal towards the end of the year of what we needed better. And, um, yeah, so hopefully we were able to improve those things and go out there next year, start start even faster than we did last year, um, which was pretty good last year. But, but yeah, hopefully we can have the speed in the spring and just refine it through the summer um, and not be chasing and trying to catch up. Mr. H has praised your work ethic and preparation. How would you describe that preparation and that work ethic? Yeah, I mean, it just kind of comes natural. I really, I love what I do. Um, I love the competition aspect. There's other aspects I don't love about the sport, but I do love competing and I love I love being the best and that's what I want to be is, is the best. So I think anything short of that is, is going to be, I guess, a failure. And I feel like I'm failing myself if I'm not giving, giving that effort every weekend. So, um, I just try to put the effort in that I want to, you know, I want to see the result. And, uh, there's areas, even last year, I might've worked hard in certain areas, but I needed to work harder in others or work smarter. And, um, so I've gone to work on those things. One more quick thing before we go. You and I share something. I don't like hearing myself a second time. You don't like seeing yourself, right? Got this Netflix thing coming out. You're a part of that. Are you going to fast forward through your parts? Oh, absolutely. Why why do you not like seeing yourself? I I just don't feel like that's the best... I don't objectively watch it, so if I'm not going to objectively watch it, I'm. It's just it's going to spark, you know, emotions or thoughts, and that's the same thing with interviews. I might watch it three months down the road, four months down the road to get some perspective, but right away, it's not it's not useful to me because it's it's just going to be it's going to be clouded with you know my thoughts about oh this is how I felt like it went, and so I don't know. I just like to I like to do things that are going to help me be better on the track and that's not one of them is watching myself back but i do watch my, how i race for sure um i watch every race back and see how how i do on on track coming up we'll preview 2024 for all of hendrick motorsports Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Hendrick Motorsports will once again be amongst the favorites to score the most victories in the Cup Series and bring Rick Hendrick yet another series championship in 2024. How are William Byron, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, and Alex Bowman preparing for those expectations? Kyle Ricky has more. 
2023 was almost two entirely different stories for Hendrick Motorsports. While William Byron and Kyle Larson both made the championship four, the team's other two drivers, Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott, both missed multiple races due to injuries and missed the playoffs as a result. As the calendar turns to 2024, the team is hoping for a year that we have grown to expect from Hendrick Motorsports across the board. After years of going under the radar, there seems to be a new franchise driver emerging at Hendrick. Got to get up off of turn number seven. He does that flawlessly. Checkered flag in the air. William Byron wins the go bowling at the Glen. William Byron picks up his fifth win of the 2023 season. 2023 was a breakout year for William Byron. The 26-year-old had a series-high six wins and got the 24 car back to the championship four for the first time since 2015. A big part of Byron's ascension to the top of the sport is crew chief Rudy Fugel. As the two enter their fourth year as a Cup Series duo, they are beginning to be viewed as one of the best combinations in the garage. Byron says that while the two don't always meet eye to eye, the way they challenge each other is a part of what makes the relationship work. We have our bickering days and stuff. I mean, we don't we don't always see it exactly the same. I feel like that is one thing that's evolved in our relationship. He he used to be kind of a mentor and I was a student, and now we I really challenge him a lot. I feel like I challenge, you know, why he why he thinks about one thing that way, like if it's, you know, why did he choose to set the car up that way? Explaining the reasoning behind everything is, you know, something that I challenge him and I think we challenge each other a lot more than we used to and you know I think that relationship has evolved but I I care about him a lot and he's he's been instrumental to my career and we have a really strong bond between us that I feel like we we trust each other and that's that's really critical. The other Henrik driver to live up to expectations in 2023 was Kyle Larson. Larson won four races and the all-star race at the North Wilkesboro Speedway advancing to the championship four for the second time in only three years with Hendrick. While many would view that season as a smashing success, Larson feels like his team left multiple wins on the table. Speed-wise, I mean, we were probably the top-ranked car all season long. You know, I would say us and probably William Byron were the two fastest cars probably on every category of track throughout the duration of the season. So, you know, when you look at it that way, we had a great year, but, you know, there was a lot of missed opportunity, whether it be on my end or just circumstance or other drivers whatever the case may be you know i feel like we left another potential four to six wins out there easily you're there in the early summer i feel like we were contending for a win almost every weekend and just wouldn't quite get it done so Potential wise, our, our season was great. Um, just hopefully we can execute a little bit better here this year. While Larson feels like he left multiple wins on the table, Chase Elliott might feel like he left an entire year on the table. Elliott was injured in a snowboarding accident before the third race of the season and missed the next six events as a result, and was also suspended for one race due to an on track incident with Denny Hamlin in the Coca Cola 600. With all of that, Elliott went well. 
winless for the first time since 2017 and missed the playoffs for the first time in his career. Late season flashes, though, give Elliott and his huge fan base reason to be optimistic for 2024. But the Dawsonville, Georgia native cautions that just because the calendar has changed, it doesn't mean all of his team issues have vanished. How do you put 2023 behind you? I mean, to be totally candid, our issues don't just go away because the calendar year changed. I think it's important that that we look at the areas that we need to improve upon, the areas that I think we were making some progress in and, and, and keep challenging ourselves to be better because, you know, our struggles at the end of 2022 were the same struggles we had in 2023. That stuff's not going away. I need to be better. We need to be better as a team. I think we're dialing in some of some of the things that we need to be talking about and focusing on. I wish there was a couple more weeks in our season last year because from the standpoint of where we were headed and the things that we were working on and just to keep that cadence going. So I just think that things don't just disappear because the year changed. I think it's all still relevant and we have to make sure we stay focused on, on improving. The final driver in the Hendrick Motorsports stable is Alex Bowman. Like Elliott, 2023 was a year to forget for the Arizona driver. Bowman also missed races due to an injury. He suffered a broken back in a sprint car accident in April. And while Bowman actually led the points early in the year, he was never able to return to form after returning from that injury. As 2024 begins, Bowman is focused on staying healthy and getting back to victory lane. Yeah, just really focused on being healthy and and ready to go for 24 really focused on the cup program obviously i'm not racing anything else right now and try to put myself in a position to complete all the cup races this year for once and you know just try to go win races and obviously 23 we started really strong and after i broke my back it all kind of went to hell but i think we can have a a really strong year this year with two drivers hungry for more after missing out on the championship and two others with even more to prove Hendrick Motorsports should have four teams capable of bringing Mr. H his 15th NASCAR Cup Series championship. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll discuss what 2024 might have in store for Trackhouse Racing and Spire Motorsports. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. After a breakthrough year in 2022, Trackhouse Racing. Proved they were no fluke by once again visiting Victory Lane three times in 2023. Expectations are once again high for Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez this year, as well as their partnership with Spire Motorsports, involving 2022 Truck Series champion Zane Smith. Kurt Becker is here with the outlook for both organizations. 
In three short years, Trackhouse Racing has gone from being a relative unknown to becoming one of the most innovative teams in the NASCAR Cup Series garage. Given that 2023 brought new heights for the team, what do Justin Marks and company have in store for the NASCAR world in 2024? We begin with Daniel Suarez, who returns for his fourth full-time season with Trackhouse in the number 99 Chevrolet. But crew chief Travis Mack, who has anchored the team for the past three seasons, has departed. In a surprise move during the offseason, Mack left Trackhouse for a dual role at Colleague Racing as the technical director and crew chief for the number 16 car. Stepping into Mac's place at Trackhouse is Matt Swiderski, who previously held the role at Colleague that Mac now fills. So how is Suarez adjusting to such a significant change ahead of a season which could prove pivotal for his career? Well, you know, I love Travis. You know, Travis, he's a great friend. I love working with him. We are good friends, and that made this even more difficult, you know, just because we got along very well. With that being said, you know, if you look to our results uh, from last year, I'm not surprised. Just, just, and the reason why I'm not surprised is because we didn't perform the way we should have performed. And I'm not saying that he was a problem, not at all. I'm just saying that we didn't perform. So if, if I was getting fired or he was getting fired or if someone else was getting fired, I wasn't going to be surprised, you know, so, some, so, some, there, there was, some, something may was going to happen. Who, who knows, but the performance wa- last year was not there. We were very, very inconsistent and, and we're having a lot of little issues here and there. So the team eventually was going to push for something, to try something. What that change was going to be, nobody knew, but uh, I wasn't 100% surprised. It, it wasn't easy, like I said, because Travis and I, we have a great relationship, but at the end of the day, I think, I think he's going to do very, very well at Colleague. And I think that also Matt uh, is very, very excited to start this new role. And he has new, new goals. He's hungry and he's a very, very smart guy. So I can't wait to see what he can do. Ross Chastain is back for his third season with the team. There haven't been many dull moments for Chastain since he joined Trackhouse after the team acquired a charter from the now-defunct NASCAR operation of Chip Ganassi Racing. Chastain raced his way into the championship four at Phoenix in 2022 with a last-lap move at Martinsville that will not soon be forgotten. Last season, Chastain added a playoff round of 12 showing to go with two more wins, one coming in the season finale at Phoenix. Here they come toward turn number one. Ross Chastain all by himself. Brad Keselowski struggling in front of him, or that's the J.J. Yaley machine. And off turn two, it's a YRB kind of afternoon. It is Ross Chastain, your race leader, back to the corner. Ryan Blaney, your number one championship contender, following him through. Ross Chastain will win the season finale at the Phoenix Raceway. Overall, it was an eventful season for Chastain, full of ups and downs and inconsistencies. So what is the forecast for Chastain and the rest of Trackhouse Racing heading into 2024? Sustaining what we've accomplished. We came in in 22 as what was built on the foundation of CGR, Chip Ganassi Racing, and took the Gen 7 car into in that shop and those employees, and we went together forward, and we haven't looked back. We arrived in 22, we sustained it in 23, and now outlook, forecast, like sustain it. Be evolve. We, we can't do the same things, but as we've added more employees, added more engineers, added, you know, Daniel has a new crew chief. And as we continue to evolve as a company and as this 151 person thing that is Trackhouse in the Cup Series, Trackhouse as a whole has grown globally. And we're, we're one spoke in the wheel. We're a large spoke, but 
I'm proud to be a part of it, and I'm glad that it's bigger than me. Chastain and Suarez will have two new teammates in 2024, both arriving at Trackhouse under varied circumstances. As Trackhouse continues to push the boundaries of NASCAR Cup Series racing, they are considered one of the more forward-thinking outfits in the Cup Series garage. They'll welcome Shane Van Gisbergen, a three-time Supercars champion in Australia and New Zealand. Van Gisbergen will compete full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and he is scheduled to race seven times in the Cup Series this season, including Chicago, where he won a year ago. Up the hill, headed for turn number 12. He'll stand on the brakes, downshift. Here's the car, sets it cleanly, checkered flag in the air in his first ever NASCAR Cup Series start. Shane Van Gisbergen, the New Zealand driver, wins on the streets of Chicago. Also new to track house racing this season is 2022 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series champion Zane Smith. After making eight starts for Front Row Motorsports in 2023, Smith will be making the full-time leap from the Truck Series to the Cup Series this year. It was an emotional day for Smith when the time finally came for him to be introduced as a full-time Cup Series driver, and it begs the question, now that his rookie season is upon him, where are his emotions? Just excited, ready to get going. I, I really haven't had much of an off-season right after Phoenix. I had my bachelor trip, and then it was straight into simulation and getting to meet, whether it was the track house side or the Spire side, and obviously training picked right back up. And so I feel like I'm prepared, ready, and just excited for the opportunity I have ahead of me. Smith's multi-year deal with Trackhouse Racing will begin this season, but he will actually drive the number 71 Chevrolet Camaro for Spire Motorsports in alliance with Trackhouse as the team eyes a third Cup Series car for 2025. Obviously, it's very confusing to see to a from a fan seat, but it's all been going really smooth. The Spire move is just finishing up to add on top of this, then moving into another shop, adding another car. But basically what I am driving is a Spire race car, the Spire parts and pieces out of the Spire shop. But Trackhouse has assembled and built a team to be on this 71 car. And it is an incredible group, and I'm so excited to get to work with them. But it's been great. We all know that it's going to take time to to learn this car as as a new team together but i have some incredibly smart people on this 71 chevy so excited for it Corey lajoy and cup series rookie carson hosevar comprise the other two drivers partnering with smith and Trackhouse at spire motorsports hosevar follows up his breakout 2023 nascar craftsman truck series season by making the same jump to cup as smith Last season, Hosevar won four times in the Truck Series, earning his way into the Championship Four at Phoenix. Similar to Smith, Hosevar has experience racing at the Cup level as he made nine starts a season ago. Hosevar believes that experience will pay dividends as he adjusts to life racing full-time against the sport's best. Yeah, it was huge. Absolutely huge. I think our average finish was like 19th, and we had two or three crashes in there, um, which, which is not bad at all. I mean, if you take those out, our average finish was like 15th which was really good for that car at the time and what anybody expected myself or, or that team even with anybody driving to, to do. So being able to bring Luke over to, to a team that actually gets resources from Chevrolet and a lot more of them, um, you know, we're, we're all pumped. We both looked at each other and we're like, man, if we get all these resources, this, this should be not easy, um, but easier than what we were having to do last year. So now we, we have a team that is purpose-built for, for me and Luke. You know, it's just all done right now. You know, everything's built for us. You know, we have a crew, we have a team, we have a building that, uh, you know, picked us to be together at the start of the year and not just thrown in and, and me and him both 
just looked at each other last year like, hey, we, I believe in you, you believe in me, let's just go try and run good, like nobody expects us to. And now it's like, all right, well, we, we know we can do it. Now it's just about getting better and um, making that an every week thing. With the addition of Smith for the time being via the Trackhouse Alliance and with the full-time role for Hosovar, there's a new energy at Spire Motorsports, a positive energy that Corey LaJoy feels is palpable heading into 2024. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've been, I've been here from the jump. Like I told somebody today, it's I've been here since it was me and a dry erase marker were the only two people working at Spire Motorsports, legitimately. Like we whiteboarded this thing out of who would our ideal crew chiefs be and the intangibles and who we wanted our, ourselves to look like and where were we getting motors from and who were we getting pit crews from. So to see this thing come, see the, the bet and gamble that TJ and Jeff Dickerson have put in the sport, but also in our team and, and also myself. Like I had no credentials for them to put trust in me to build a race team around at that point in time and to see where we've gone in the last three years and where we're going i take a lot of pride in that but that's not to say we have a lot of work left to do but i think just now we've gotten to a point where we're capable of starting to be consistently competitive and, and start checking off some of those things track house racing is in position to continue making headlines during the upcoming season but spire motorsports could influence some storylines as well we look forward to covering all of that and more as the nascar cup series season has crested the horizon and is now upon us thank you kurt coming up we'll finish our team previews with a focus on richard childress racing jtg darty racing and colleague racing there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We've got three teams to examine as we head into 2024. And all three of these teams that remain have won races during the 2023 season. Tim Catalfamo is here to shine a spotlight on RCR, JTG, and Colleague Racing. An organization with a tame offseason was Richard Childress Racing. Going into 2023, that was not the case. The organization welcomed two-time Cup Series champion Kyle Busch into the fold, and many wondered if the veteran would come in and have immediate success. Back into turn three for the final time, Kyle Busch, the race leader. By five car lengths, up off turn number four. Kyle Busch looks up, sees the checkered flag. Kyle Busch will win the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Bush claimed three checkered flags throughout the first half of the season, but would teeter off later in the year, ultimately resulting in his lowest finish in the point standing since his rookie season in 2005. You got to look at the good and take the good and know what was good that made you good, and then you got to go and look at the bad and, and look at what, what you did wrong and what made it bad. But even in the bad, there were some good, you know, like I crashed at Michigan, the car was really fast, really good. I felt 
overconfident with it and put myself in a bad spot. And then Texas, same thing. We were really fast, felt really good with it. We were passing, going to the front and felt overconfident in it and spun out and wrecked there. So, you know, just things like that, that I've got to figure out and get better at with this car and being in that old car for so long. And in this new car, you know, it's just, they drive entirely different and understanding the, the ways you can do things throughout an event is changed. And so, you know, it's teaching an old dog new tricks. Bush's teammate, Austin Dillon, was impressed with what the driver added to the organization. Well, I think the biggest thing is the juice he brought to the shop. I mean, the guys had an edge to him this year, I felt like, when building cars, knowing that good wasn't good enough. You know, Kyle brings that to the entire organization, that, that you've got to constantly get better and get faster and bring something new to, to make sure that we're on the cutting edge, the leading edge of development. I think those guys were excited for that, that opportunity to show him what kind of equipment we could deliver, and I think we did a pretty good job of it, and I think this year is going to be better. Dylan's season was a bit rocky as he finished the lowest in the standings in his Cup Series career. Even though the woes were many, Dylan doesn't believe most were self-inflicted and is remaining positive looking ahead to 2024. There's not a ton we have to do different to just progress. You know, you can't, you always have to develop and get better and better. But I think we're close. Or be like, you know, Blaney, hit, hit the stride at the right time. Don't hit it early. That's the one thing that we, we might do a bad job at is all of our speed seems to come at the beginning of the year and we tail off through the middle and we fight to get it back at the end of the year. So finding that stride at the right time is important. Dylan is capable of big wins as the driver won the 2017 Coca-Cola 600 and the 2018 Daytona 500, both being NASCAR Crown Jewel events. College Racing has revamped its organization ahead of the 2024 NASCAR Cup Series season. Justin Haley's departure to Rick Ware Racing left a void that former Xfinity Series champion Daniel Hemrick has been tasked to fill. This isn't Hemrick's first go-around of the Cup Series, however. In 2019, the driver drove full-time for Richard Childress Racing in a one-year deal. This time, Hemrick's outlook to racing Cup is a little different. Your view, your perspective, once you kind of come down from the top of the mountain and, you know, kind of retrek back to the top and actually getting back there is, is very hard to do and very, very proud, right? Very proud to have the support of Circle, everyone at Colleague Racing, Matt Colleague, Chris Rice. Just for giving me that shot to get back to the top of this mountain, it definitely changes the view, though. I mean, just in general, from, from an emotional standpoint, right, like showing yourself, like, yeah, you try to pick yourself up every day and, and put the work in, but to do it and actually have success to get back to that level is, man, it's um, very rare to, to see it happen. So very, very thankful to just have the support and to know that I was just talking about our peers, right? Like you want to have the respect of your peers, if nothing else, I think, and they come walking into this building here for production day and, and to have a couple of guys already say, man, Welcome back to the big show. Like, that's super cool to experience that again. Hemrick will pilot the number 31 car after competing full-time for the organization in the Xfinity Series the last two seasons. This won't be a completely new experience for Hemrick, though. He has had the opportunity to drive the next-gen car in the past and has a familiar face with him atop the pit box in Trent Owens. I think it's a big deal, man. I, I have so much respect for Trent and kind of the even the journey he's been on and been through. And at the end of the day, just such a good, humble, down-to-earth dude, and I really appreciate that. You know, he still has a huge love for short track racing, so we share that. We talk a lot about short track racing. Really just, um, I just see him as a racer. It's funny, Colleague Racing uh, put a car together for Josh Williams uh, over the offseason to go run a late-mile stock show down in Florence, which is a huge deal for everybody. And I mean, Trent's underneath that thing. He's cleaning the stuff. He's pulling the car down. He's putting shocks on, building shocks. 
like he was all into it. And, and I love to see a guy who's who's um, in the thick of it, not someone who's just pointing, telling people what to do. And uh, Trent's, a, Trent's a go-getter. I'm looking forward to it. One big change for Colleg in 2024 is A.J. Allmendinger's plans. The road course ace accounted for the team's only Cup Series win in 2023 at the Charlotte Roval, but isn't going far. Allmendinger will be behind the wheel for select Cup Series races as the number 16 car will have a rotating cast of drivers in the cockpit. One consistency about the ride will be its crew chief as veteran Travis Mack comes over from Trackhouse Racing to guide the team. At the beginning of 2023, no team had a better start than JTG Darty Racing. We're hearing that it is official. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has won the Daytona 500 for JTG Darty Racing. JTG Darty Racing made the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs for the second time in team history last year thanks to Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s Daytona 500 win. The organization was happy with the 16th place finish in the final point standings, but knows they can accomplish more if they tighten up their execution last offseason i felt like we we found a lot of answers or at least you know at the time we thought we found a lot of answers it was good to validate that throughout the season but you know it kind of narrowed our you know what we needed to work on uh for for this offseason and so I, i feel confident you know more than ever going into 24 that you know we've been working on those right things and you know, I think qualifying is, is our biggest, you know, kind of Achilles heel. Uh, last year in, in 23, we had to overcome starting in the back a lot. And if we can if we can overcome that, I think our performance, you know, can be better than what it was last year. The 36-year-old does have crew chief Mike Kelly back with him once again with bigger and better objectives in sight for 2024. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, we'll close out the show by revisiting a classic Daytona 500. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The Daytona 500 is now just 12 days away. We continue our countdown to the Great American Race by flashing back 25 years to the 1999 renewal of the Great American Race. It's a single-car freight train coming back into the corner. No one steps out of line waiting to see what they can do. Into turn number two. It's Skinner taking the high lane. Now Kenny Irwin looks up high. Gordon tucked down to the inside lane. Earnhardt right in behind him on his bumper off two. A million dollars a mile away. Can anybody get by Jeff Gordon? He pulls him down the super stretch. Earnhardt looks inside, looks outside. Still Gordon in three. Gordon is holding his line right now. Earnhardt has to make the move. Nothing there down low. Gordon's car glued to the bottom of the racetrack. Off turn number four. Still single file. One last chance for Earnhardt. Gordon holds low off four. Here's Earnhardt on the apron. Gordon moves low to block. They come to the tri-oval. Earnhardt will not be able to do anything with him. Jeff Gordon wins the Daytona 500 for a second time. A dramatic last corner charge by Dale Earnhardt. You'll hear the full story of that Daytona 500 as a part of our Legends of the Great American Race special airing Monday. Be sure to tune in. It's going to be a great show. Time is up for today, my friends. And as always, we thank you for yours. We thank William Byron for joining us. We can't wait to get to Daytona. Next week, it will be here. Speed Weeks 2024. And you'll hear all of it right here on the Motor Racing Network. Don't forget NASCAR Live Wide Open. Another download coming on Thursday. We're back next Tuesday for NASCAR Live. And one week from Wednesday, it'll be Daytona 500 Media Day and qualifying for the Daytona 500. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downey, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. 
The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.